Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Theater in College Hoops. I'm Subi alongside me. Today, it's just Taylor. No shark. As of yet, he's been giving us some cryptic messages. He said, tell us when to start. Actually, Taylor, if you can let him know we've started, that would be terrific. But he said, let me know when you start, but go on without me. I don't know if this is a result of him prepping or the anticipation for his bachelor party, which if you're listening to this right now, I will have boots in, on the ground in a Philadelphia airport, hopefully in a corner booth at a Chili's. If you know me, you know that Chili's airport is one of my favorite destinations. I mean, you guys all talk about the Amalfi Coast. You can talk about Prague. You can talk about anywhere in Asia or Africa. Put me in a corner booth at Chili's in an airport and I'm straight, baby. So I don't know if the shark is not here because of his anticipation or preparation for his bachelor party. Or he actually did go the transcendentalism route. Maybe he did cut himself off and excommunicate himself from the world. Maybe he is planting uh, some carrots or tomatoes in his backyard. I don't know. I certainly hope it's the former. I hope he's getting pumped and, and ready for his bachelor party, which again commences as you'll listen to this. But if it is the if it is the true end of an era, college basketball era for the shark. Taylor, do we have any thoughts on on his fandom, on his input? Who knows? This might be the only time you can get get a word in about him. What's the saying? An enigma wrapped inside of a. What's the, finish that phrase for me? I can't. I'm forgetting. I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> that's what the shark is. You know, uh, sometimes it's just a flash that he arrives, especially in the off season. This guy's worthless in the off season. Just mm-hmm. every every six episodes, he's like, oh, I'll just peep peek in and say hi see how you guys are doing you know but you know you need a an antagonist let's call it on a program and that is something that shark does beautifully um almost as well hopefully he does his foraging and living off the land as well as (laughs) as his uh uh as he shares his opinions here so um i gotta say i i don't blame him though it's a tough spot you're got you're hyped for your bachelor party and night before preparation while also being disappointed that you were trying to go on your bachelor party to watch your college basketball team you know or at least bet on them or just be with your boys so yeah mentally I'm mentally straining uh week here for the shark it will end up positive in the end 
I'm sure, with his bachelor party. But boy, the prep the prep work is is always tough. A lot of the happiness did predicate on the Vols' success, and we waxed on that earlier this week. But I have a feeling this is going to be something like Tom Brady, right? Tom Brady says he's retired. Two months later, he comes back after after getting poison oak out in the woods, which I'm sure the shark will end up getting. He's just going to come running back. So, Shark, if you're listening, we miss you, pal. But I will see you in, in person here shortly. Is it going to be like that episode in The Office where Michael goes and lives in the woods for like four hours? Is that? Yeah, is I mean, that, I, is I, that... <laughs> yeah, but see, I think the shark would actually go deep into the woods. I know which episode you're talking about. Michael was like fringe woods. I mean, I think there was, he was about 50 feet from civilization. I think the shark, what he would do is actually really dive into the shit. You know, I think he would go Tropic Thunder, all those guys, Ben Stiller, Jack Black, uh, Robert Downey Jr. I think he would legitimately go to, uh, you know, like a, a drug lord or something and, and, and really excommunicate himself. But we've gone on an incredible tangent about the shark. End of the story. He's not here. So we're brought to you by the Barnburner Podcast Network. Go subscribe on whichever device you use. Your college hooper of the week. This week, it's Dion Thompson, former UNC big man. A lot of people forget about Dion Thompson and how impactful he really was on that front line for the Tar Heels because he was overshadowed by Tyler Hansborough and all the collegiate accolades that 50 had. But Deion Thompson, a really serviceable, nice player for Roy Williams. He's your college hooper of the week. We're brought to you by Royal Digital Marketing, a.k.a. RDM. RDM specializes in website development and digital marketing for small businesses and startups. So if you need a website, contact them at colin at royaldigital.co. That's C-O-L-I-N-1-L. Just one L, which is all it takes to lose in this tournament. C-O-L-I-N at Royal Digital. .co. A little note on our friend Colin there. He was very nice. He's an avid listener, but he did ask, hey, if you need an NIT correspondent, I'm just one call away. Don't need that. Certainly not right now. We have Sweet 16 games to preview, and that's what we'll be getting to, but I do appreciate the offer. Make sure to check out the website at theaterincollegehoops.com and make sure to follow us on Twitter at CBB Theater. You should also follow me at Subi232 to find out where the feet feet is excuse me and make sure to follow taylor at taylor damel and the shark at the underscore shark underscore bb let's open the curtains and finally wrap up quite literally the longest intro i've ever done
we are I kind of forgot that we were I kind of forgot that we were doing an intro. I thought we just started. See? See? I I just lo- I got lost in the sauce. I really did. That ha- happens. You were just concerned about the shark. That's that's just being a friend, you know, and that's that's okay. The guy never texts back. I don't know why I pour my heart into being concerned about him. It's like that that uh Jimmy Fallon Drew Barrymore movie. Why am I blanking on that? The Red Sox movie fever pitch when they say you love the Red Sox, but have they ever loved you back? That's kind of how I'm feeling with the shark right now, but we have a terrific show for you. Me and Taylor are going to break down the sweet 16 game, some quick hitters, give our insights analysis, and of course some predictions. So why don't we dive right into it, Taylor? And I want to get your feedback on one thing. Okay. For each one of these games, I've labeled them or I've given them a title, I suppose the blank game. Okay. So if you have something else in mind, if there's anything more creative that you can bring to the table, I'm open for it before we actually break down each one of these eight games. Okay. So let's start first and foremost with the Iowa state Miami game, which I've dubbed the natural disaster game. Of course you got the cyclones and the hurricanes. Give me your thoughts on, on this. We mentioned it uh, earlier in the week. Absolutely insane that one of these teams is going to be represented in the elite eight. Wow, we're going I, we're going in quite an order. I have the other thing I was trying to to guess on what order you were going to go in here. Um, I I'll, I'm fine with the natural disaster game. Um, I would have maybe liked a little more wind thrown in, considering the game is in Chicago, as we noticed or noted on the last episode. Um, we as we talked about a little bit last time, Iowa State's just not a good basketball team. I gave them a lot of credit, still do give them a lot of credit for getting to this point. It's not like Miami's a world beater either, but I don't think Iowa State has much of a shot if um, Miami continues to hold on to the ball as they have so far. Uh, their uh, you know ball security is at an all-time level right now. Um, I, I think let's see, Miami is favored in that game. Um, by only two and a half, I kind of—I don't know. You think a little more highly of Iowa State than uh, than than I do, but I just, for me, I don't see a path for them to win this game if Miami is holding on to the ball. I think it's the long and short of it is that. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Canes as well here. I know a lot of people are going to be talking about Charlie Moore, and I know a lot of people are going to be talking about Isaiah Wong. I think the X factor though for the Canes is Sam Wardenberg. He's been playing his tail off ever since the ACC tournament, and he's had a really solid season. Uh, he might I, I don't know if he's a seven-footer, but he's 6'10", 6'11". He's a big boy down there for the Canes. And I do like Iowa State's guards, but I think too much Wardenberg. I think he's going to give them fits down low. I think he's going to change a lot of the shots uh, as, as Iowa State attacks the rim. But I want to also give a hat tip to Jim Laranega who is now only two wins away from his second final four. He's he's buck trends. He has had Miami as a top two seed. I think he was the head coach when Shane Larkin was there, right? So I think Laranega knows what to do when it comes to March. Uh, he's been a great, great coach down there in Coral Gables. So I think the Wardenburg aspect and the Laranega aspect, and I do think Iowa State's going to kind of slowly but surely turn back into a pe- uh, into a pumpkin. Okay, I think Cinderella's run is over, and they're not even the biggest Cinderella. So I'm going to go with the Canes here as well. Man, 
I'm, I'm so happy you said Shane Larkin. I pretty much, I'm pretty sure I took that Miami team so far just because of Kenny Kaji. Yeah, uh, he was one of my favorite guys back in the day, and I'm, I, I think they did well in the tournament, but I, I, they definitely didn't go as far as I took them. I can't even remember. So they must, maybe they didn't do well because I can't even remember how far they went. I don't know if they made the second weekend. They were either a one or a two seed. I remember that, and a lot of people were saying, "Look, these guys are just not that great," and it did end up coming to fruition in the tournament. But I mean, for Miami, when you put together that re- kind of regular season deserves a hat tip. Yep. Uh, it looks like they lost in the sweet 16 to Marquette that year. So. Not too bad. Holy wow. shit. Boys, just real quick. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. I've been locked in on my poetry all day. I just wanted to jump in. I know you guys are doing the show. I know I can't make it. I literally have to read you this poem. It's called still. I rise by Maya Angelou. Can I have a few minutes? Thank you so much. You may write me down in history with your bitter, twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust I rise. Does my sassiness upset you? Why are you beset with gloom? Because I walk like I've got oil wells pumping in my living room. Just like moons and like suns with the certainty of the tides. Just like hope springing high, still I'll rise. Did you want to see me broken, bowed head and lowered eyes? Shoulders falling down like teardrops, weakened by my soulful cries? Does my haughtiness offend you? Don't you take it awful hard because I laugh like I've got gold mines digging in my own backyard. You may shoot me with your words. You may cut me with your eyes. You may kill me with your hatefulness, but still like air, I'll rise. Does my sexiness upset you? Does it come as a surprise? That dance, I've got diamonds at meeting of my thighs. Out of the huts of history, shame, I rise. Up from a past that's rooted in pain, I rise. I'm a black ocean, leaping and wide, welling and swelling. I bear in the tide, leaving behind nights of terror and fear. I rise into a daybreak that's wondrously clear. I rise, bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave. I'm the dream and hope of the slave. I rise, I rise, I rise. I have three picks this week, and then I'm leaving right after this. I'm going with UCLA minus two. I'm going with Arizona. Pick them, and I'm taking Miami minus two and a half. I'll see you at the Borgata in Atlantic City. Goodbye. It'll work gone. First of all, I want to just let everyone know this is completely unscripted. I had no idea he would just barge in here. That reminded me a little bit of like Kyle Schwarber in the Cubs World Series run. Everyone was like, oh, maybe he's coming back. Maybe he's not. He does come back. He he hits a, a big home run, I think, in a pitch hit, pinch hitting spot. I might be getting that fact wrong. But there was the shark right there. I'm surprised he didn't go. I'm surprised he didn't go with that song. And I'll rise up. Rise like the dead, I'll rise up. I will say the shark needed to be a little bit better on his delivery. I know it was quick in and out, gave us some bets, kind of hijacking the show because at the beginning of this, me and Taylor basically said, Hey, there's no bets. Uh, do you actually do you have bets prepared? If not, then we're canceling it. You can't just come in here and say, Hey, now we got bets. I always got bets. Let's do them later because yes. I got to pull them up because this was not the order I suspected we were going in. But yes. What? a wild turn of events, but you know what? Good timing because it's honestly like we got wrapped up in a cyclone. Like we got wrapped up in a hurricane and just got thrown for a loop. That's exactly what just happened. So uh, yeah, we got a little shark. Thank you for dropping in both of us on Miami. Let's now move on to Purdue St. Peter's for me, Taylor. This is the Eric Murphy game, Eric Murphy. He is a character in entourage who goes by E. Now, why is this the Eric Murphy game? Well, because Purdue has a guy named Zach Eady, and St. Peter's has a guy named uh, Edert. 
Okay. What's his first name? Doug Eater. Excuse me. Doug Eater, Zach Eady, a lot of ease. It's the Eric Murphy game. Is it over for St. Peter's or no? Unfortunately, it is. Um, I just don't see how they're going to um, match up at all with Edie or Ivy in this game. Um, the size difference is just going to be absurd. That There's bound to be a great Getty Images picture of like Doug Eater standing next to, <laughs> next to Edie uh, in this game. Um, I have Purdue to the final four, so I got to stick with that. Um, you know, kind of like we talked about the other day, there's no real breakdown of why St. Peter's is here right now. Right. So we, neither of us can sit here and be like, Oh, well, you know, either he's, he's really, you know, been doing this or doing that. Like, no, we have two game sample size of St. Peter's and I will continue to say this though, like fuck my bracket and go St. Peter's. Like I'd love the, I'd love for Purdue to make the final four, but if St. Peter's goes to the elite eight, then I'm even happier about that. I'm glad you brought up the Getty images. It's going to remind me a lot of that image that's gone viral and almost too viral to the point where everyone's kind of making fun of it. Cause yes, we get it. These guys are tall. These guys are short, but it's going to remind me of Aaron judge on second base standing next to Jose Altuve. I've gotten a lot of baseball references in. If you can't tell, I'm ready to hit the ground running for the baseball season. Once college basketball is over, but yes, Edie is going to tower over these guys. I think Shark referenced Billy Madison when he's playing dodgeball with the kids. I very much expect that as well. And then Jaden Ivey. I think Jaden Ivey is going to be enough. I mean, he's terrific. He's one of the breakout superstar talents of the tournament, especially one of the most electrifying players left in the field of 16 that's remaining. So I'm going to go Purdue here as well. But isn't it insane to think that they're – St. Peter's is one win away from the elite eight. I think John Rothstein said that if they get this win, they would be by far the most improbable team to ever make the elite eight. There was a Twitter thread, Taylor. I don't know if you saw this from a former staffer who basically laid out all of the shortcomings and the obstacles and the, the tough things that a mid major, small mid major, like St. Peter's had to overcome leaky roofs, uh, sharing sh- sharing their gym with like uh, an aerobics class or something like that. I'm exaggerating there, but you can think of all the things that a big power D1 team like Murray State, like Kentucky does not have to share endure. And yet here they are, the Peacocks still strutting. I loved the tweet about the random guy that would just show up at the same time every night and somehow had access to like the gym, all of their equipment and nobody knew who he was. He didn't even speak English uh, is what the, I believe the assumed situation was. So super funny that uh, just that whole thread. Um, Did you retweet that by chance on the uh, titch? I don't think, I don't know if I retweeted it or not. Not sure. Yeah, but I, was I mean, say, look. At the I was end gonna say day, could be good. Good could be good for people who haven't read it to go through it. But yeah, no. I mean, yeah, it's an awesome thread. It's almost. It's like almost worse than high school in some places. Yeah, really. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's. It sounds like it's just D one in name only, right? Yeah, technically you're playing Division one, but it also sounds like uh, a, a rec rec league environment almost. So hug for St. Peter's, but I do think it comes to an end here at the hands of Purdue. All right, let's go to the Bay Area now. Arkansas, Gonzaga, and San Francisco. Eric Musselman making a bit of a homecoming. He was the former Sacramento Kings head coach, former Golden State Warriors head coach. 
uh, one of those franchises in much better hands, the Warriors. Who knows? Maybe the Kings will come calling on Musselman's door yet again. They seem to be in an endless cycle of coaches. But that game I am dubbing the Arcan Arkansaga game. Excuse me, the Arkansaga game. Very simple there. There's not not much to read into. I just really enjoy a marriage of two names, and that's where we got the Arkansaga game. Who's winning this one? You know, I'm glad that you did it before I did because you could call it the Bull Hogs game as well. Um, both combining both names. So I mean, I'm updating that. I'm updating that. I like the Bull Hogs way better. I mean, both are good. You could call no, it the I like Ar- the Bullhogs. Arkansas Bullhogs game. You could just just make the whole thing out of it. Uh, That's yeah, a don't, little too wordy. Okay, okay. Excuse Doesn't me. Doesn't roll off the tongue. Spe- I'm going Bullhogs. St- stick with your conviction. Speaking of being too wordy, let me make a pick here. So um, I do love this Arkansas team. I have all year. It's it, Gonzaga has just got the size. They've got the experience. It. This is a game that you know they're going to need JD Note to go off for like 30 if they want to have a shot in this game i don't think it's going to be a blowout necessarily i know the line is like nine and a half right now um which actually seems about right because it just seems like a game that'll probably be between a five and ten point game for a lot of the time and i i i kind of think gonzaga will pull away by a little more at the end another one i'm absolutely not rooting for my bracket i have gonzaga to the final four as well um would much rather see arkansas uh go as far as they can here at this point. Um, what do you think? Uh, I, I mean, Chet, T- Drew Timmy is going to have to have an awful game, I guess, for them to lose something like that. This one is really giving me fits because I, I think Gonzaga looks vulnerable. They obviously don't as look as dominant as they did last year. And I think a lot of people have said that, but I also think the Bulldogs got a wake up call last weekend, right? They didn't play very well against Georgia state. They didn't play very well against Memphis and credit to Memphis and Georgia state as well. But at the end of the day, obviously Gonzaga pulls away. They just wore them down. I don't know if you can necessarily do that against Arkansas. My only hang up is I cannot trust Eric Musselman. I'm done riding the must bus. Okay. Because it's not like the Razorbacks have played terrific ball either. So if, if, if Arkansas plays the way they've been playing and if Gonzaga plays the way they've been playing. I think the Zags win by 13. I think it is going to take a down game and a perfect game from Arkansas, which I just don't know if they're capable of doing. Okay. So I'm going to go with the the Bulldogs here, but I think it's going to be one of the more electric and fun games of uh, this round of 16 here. And the thing to look out with Drew Timmy, I don't know if he did this necessarily last year. Drew Timmy comes alive in the second half more specifically the first five minutes of the second half. He he kind of just paces himself, skulks in the weeds, maybe lets Nemhard get his, maybe lets Chet Holmgren get his in the first half. The first five minutes of the second half, Drew Timmy gets like all of their points. Looked at, look at the Georgia State game, look at the Memphis game, and by the under eight timeout, Timmy's got like 30 and 12 somehow. Okay, so just watch out for Drew Timmy out of the locker room. If I'm Eric Musselman, I say everyone focus in on Timmy at the at the beginning of the second half. But I'm going to go with the Zags here. So what do we think about um, you may have kind of mentioned it already, but do we think highly at all of the two teams that Arkansas has played thus far in Vermont and New Mexico State? Uh, Vermont was both of them were actually kind of trendy picks, but they struggled 
against both teams. Do you think that shows that they're tested in the tournament against kind of like upset minded teams? Or do you think that they're just not as good as maybe we would have hoped or well, would have expected? I think the first game is always difficult. It's tough to judge because it's tough to get that one under your belt. Okay. Round of 32, I think is telling a little bit. Now you can make the argument that, Hey, Arizona looked terrible against TCU. And honestly they did, but I think that was more of a credit to how great TCU played. Now, when it comes to Arkansas versus Vermont, yeah, they struggled, but I think Vermont was a really good team. Ended up getting the win. New Mexico State, kind of trendy, but they completely took out uh, Teddy Allen. Okay. And that's the one thing about Arkansas as well. I, I bag on Musselman, their defense travels. That's one of the most elite defensive teams in the entire country. And they may be able to give Gonzaga fits for just a long enough period of time. I just don't have the balls to go out and actually pick them. Well, and talk about a team that was battle tested. They beat every team that was ahead of them in the sec this year. You know, that includes Tennessee, Kentucky, and Auburn, all teams that are no longer in the tournament, might I add. Um, so they are tested. That's for sure. So it's not like playing a Gonzaga team like this. It's not like their first rodeo here. They've played teams with size and beat them. They've played good offensive teams, beat them good def defensive teams, beat them. So yeah, I'm kind of with you. Uh, I guess now talking through it, I'm maybe a little more on Arkansas than I was, but I, I still think the line is, is I think they'll cover. Is it fair to say that the Razorbacks will cover? Yeah. <laughs> That's where I, that's where my problem is, is I feel like they're going to be able to just drag it out all the way until the end. And then Gonzaga limps over the, the, you know, to cover, like you said, by like 12 or 13, even though it'll be like a five to seven point game the whole time, you know. So I, I would probably still pay, take Gonzaga to cover. Um, but again, not rooting for that. And clearly this is not going to be one of my betting picks either because I've waffled back and forth twice just during this discussion. Yeah. A man has to have his code is basically what I'm saying. And I can't ride the must bus anymore. It's way too chaotic. I got, I got motion sickness, simply can't do it. It's too wild of a ride, but that's going to be a very fun game. And just one last note, how about this travel for Gonzaga? Okay. They get to go from Spokane to Portland to San Francisco. Not not too shabby if you can get it, but that's some really, really nice travel scheduling for the overall number one seed. Okay, let's move on now to Providence, Kansas. This is a bit of a stretch. I don't think it's that clever. It's kind of corny, to be honest with you, but I'm going to call it the cool selfie game. Okay? You call it... Ed Cooley, Bill Self, the cool selfie. Eh, yeah, I saw your reaction. If it doesn't, if it doesn't hit right away, if it needs explanation, that means it needs to be workshop. So, to you or to other theater goers, absolutely open to any feedback you have. But PC Kansas, yeah, huh? This is a little bit of a tough one. Not the pick of the game, but the name of the game. The pick of the game is easy. Uh, the the name of the game is. Yeah, I'm going to have to think. I'm going to have to let that marinate for a second here. Um, I'm going Kansas here. Not to beat a dead horse here, but Kansas is another one of my final four teams. Um, and I, I, we've talked about Providence. Shit, we've talked about Providence on this program more than we've talked about any other team in the country, probably. And we keep harping on the same thing, harking you know, back to the same issues. Kansas is just a really good basketball team. You know, they've, despite the fact that we ha don't have very positive things to say about some of their players, that's more of just our biases or my biases than it is against their actual abilities. Um, 
I think Kansas is as good of a team as there is in the country. Maybe, maybe one touch below, you know, against Aga or in Arizona, just because they're not quite as good defensively. But I think in this situation, they're, they're going to be too big, too fast, too skilled uh, for Providence. I would actually, uh, you know, the spread on this one, seven and a half, I would probably take Kansas on that. I think I finally seen the light. I'm gonna go. No, with no way! Wow, yeah. Up, upset city, huge upset. I've seen enough this year to actually make me think that there's a chance. Okay, now it's an outside chance, of course, but we just keep picking against them, and all they do is just cram it up our cram holes every single game. Every single game, we say you're not going to win, with the exception of maybe Villanova uh, at home. Okay. They just, they just tell us to take a hike every single time. And so what I'd rather be doing right now, this is kind of a safe bet. And I do find that there are reasons for why PC can win this game, but I'd rather go out on record as saying this and be wrong as opposed to test fate again and be like, nope, I'm going Kansas. And then just to have the hyenas rain down hellfire on me. Okay. So I do think Nate Watson is going to be able to bang and even outplay David McCormick. I think Justin Manaya can, can give Ochai Obaji fits. And I think he can make him get off to a slow start, which in these games, Taylor, if you don't find a rhythm or a groove pretty early, I would say under 12 to buy the under 12 timeout. Then at that point, the pressure starts to mount and you might start forcing it a little bit. Okay. So if Providence comes out with absolutely nothing to lose, which they don't, nobody's given them a chance again. If they do that, if they can stay within two or three points early in the first half and make this a long game, muck it up a little bit. I honestly like Providence. And you know what? At that point, I've convinced myself and I love Ed Cooley. So I'm going with the Friars in this game. We need an upset. So let me ask you this. Who has uh, a better shot at knocking off the number one seed in their region, Arkansas or Providence? Well, obviously Providence, you think? I definitely think Providence. Oh, so, yeah. So uh, ESPN gives um, gives Providence a 20% chance of winning this game. They give Arkansas a 14% chance uh, to win that game. I, I, I don't know, man. I think this is just what Providence does is they just – they just want, they just are luring you in to this uh, situation. I, I I don't know. I think, I personally think Arkansas is a better shot at beating Gonzaga than Providence does at Kansas. That's, that's me. I'm not ESPN BPI or Shark Palm or anything like that. But um, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess I'm still not seeing the light yet. I know that a number of our listeners don't enjoy that about me or us in general, but I still don't. I still don't see it now. Now again, I, I'd love to see Providence win this game. I, I'd love to see that because um, again, fuck the bracket that you picked. But I just, for me, I just still can't. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm blind to it. Maybe um, I don't know. Uh, maybe there's just a spot that I can't get over. I, I, I still just don't see it with this Providence team, despite the fact that I've gotten to this point. Right, and I, I think at some point you just have to pick your head up out of the mud and that's what I'm doing, right? I'm not, I'm not discrediting your opinion because there are still plenty of people with you, but the fact that people are just completely writing off Providence, that's all they've been doing all year. There, there've been multiple examples of people saying, okay, oh, they're playing team a 
Providence is cooked. Oh, well, yeah, they beat Team A, but they're playing Team B. No, Team B is going to dominate them. Well, we now have two examples, but this is Team C. So, no, Providence just keeps winning. And so at this point, number one, I think the Sweet 16, the pressure starts to mount a little bit. Ochai Abaji, by the way, has not been amazing. All right. We we referenced that a couple episodes ago about his postseason play. And so you need everyone firing on all cylinders. Plus, please don't discount this little nugget. I will be shoulder to shoulder with great friend of the program, Brendan O'Rourke, in person rooting on the Friars. So you cannot discount that element as well. But I'm glad we find actually, you know what? How about this? For the sake of the program and for the sake of some conflict we had to get a pick that was opposite of each other. So I'm going PC. You're going Jayhawks. I mean, I, f- I forgot. You kind of should have led that you would have been with, that you're going to be with Boar at this game. That's, that is kind of a game changer. I forgot that you were going to be there in person. So you took, still not going to change, still not gonna change my, still not going to change my, my pick, but uh, it, it would have given me a little more pause there. Going to be a fun game. Those two games, Arkansas, Gonzaga, Providence, Kansas are going to be a lot of fun. Now, Houston, Arizona. I am calling this the Kevin Sumlin game. Of course, hearkening to uh, the college football world, Kevin Sumlin coached at Houston, then went to Texas A&M, then completely torpedoed the Arizona football program. Uh, And another alternative for this name, the Aubrey Coleman Chase Buttinger game. Now, this is a deep, deep cut. Back in 2009, I was in attendance. Taylor, you were in attendance. Houston visited Tucson and played Arizona. I think that was the last time they played, as a matter of fact. Aubrey Coleman for Houston intentionally and pretty distastefully stomped on Chase Buttinger's face. Arizona was down 12 or or 13. You might have the exact numbers, Taylor, and you might remember. But there was a furious comeback. Some fans left McHale, which was embarrassing. Never leave until triple zeros. Arizona came all the way back, roaring back uh, as a result of that Aubrey Coleman stomp on Chase Buttinger's face. And Arizona ended up winning that game. So the Kevin Sumlin game, the Aubrey Coleman Chase Buttinger game. What are your thoughts on Houston, Arizona? So I believe Arizona was down. They were down by more than this, like you said, but uh, I believe the, the, they were down nine still with 52 or 53 seconds left and ended up winning the game. Uh, I think Nick wise had like three threes uh, down the stretch there. And as we've talked about before, Nick wise, one of my all time favorites, not not really. Um, I do like the Kevin Sumlin factor there. Um, they have actually Arizona and Houston did play in football uh, recently as well. The Ed Oliver game, uh, let's call that. Um, uh, there's definitely a play on cats here. Wildcats and Cougars. I'm sure we could dive into that a little more, but I do like the the thing that really connects us is, is Kevin Sumlin, uh, I guess. Uh, God, what a tough game this is going to be. Um, Every computer metric in the country absolutely loves Houston. It's it's weird that they're a five. Right now, they're number two in Ken Palm, um, ahead of Arizona, which is which is crazy that they're a five seed versus a one seed. Now, I think that Arizona's game against TCU was a good thing for Arizona in terms of an eye opening. Uh, experience, let's call it, because if Arizona plays like that against Houston, they're not going to win. And if Arizona specifically continues to turn the ball over, then they're definitely not going to win because Houston is not a fast team. Houston is, um, uh, or excuse, yeah, they're like one of the slowest, like 10 teams in the country. 
So, but what they can do though is when they turn you over, they can get out in transition because they do have athletes. And that's one thing that Houston has across the board is athletes. They don't have a ton of size though. And that's really where someone like Christian Coloco, God, he should have 30 again, honestly. Like that should be the whole game plan for Arizona is get it to get it to Coloco and then decide what he wants to do from there. I think the I think we'll see a bounce back game from Kirk Kreisa. I think that he got all of his misses out of the way. Or at least I hope so. Um, I just I just won't ex- can't expect a guy that shoots the ball as well as he has to have two consecutive bad games, at least to that degree. Um, I like Arizona in this game. Obviously, we know why I like Arizona in this game. But if we wanted to take the biases aside, I think that the size that Arizona has is going to be the difference over Houston in the end. But God, it's going to be a rock fight, bar fight, whatever the hell you want to call it. There's a clip from Kevin Garnett when he was on the Timberwolves doing an interview with TNT and it's before the playoffs. And he was like, it's going to be, you know, grab the Uzis, grab, grab every weapon that you can, because it's going to be a war. That's what this game is. I'm mentally, physically, sexually, emotionally preparing for this game because it is going to be an absolute battle. It's going to be an all-timer. I truly think that. That said, I'm going to go with Arizona, okay? There's no point in me diving too deep into this. All of our theater goers, they know that we're Arizona guys. But I will say the one key component, you mentioned Kirk Creesa. I'm going to mention Azulis Tabellis, okay? Some people might be thinking that I'm piling on him too much. Fact of the matter is he's inconsistent. When he's great, he is great. He's damn near unstoppable. I think even the Shark, though, when they played against Tennessee, he said, Tabellus plays like a 6'4 guy. That must have been one of his off nights. Tabellus has to show up with intensity, and I think he responded properly to Tommy Lloyd benching him for majority of the second half, which is something that I'd like to atone for. Last episode, I said Tabellus got set for the entire second half, majority of the second half. I should I should correct that. But Tabellus needs to be stronger with the basketball. He needs to go up and dunk the ball with two hands. It sounds so corny. It sounds lame. But you can't just lay it up off the glass, even if they don't have height. TCU didn't have height, and they ate him alive. So good Tabellus needs to show up, point blank, period. And, of course, he's one of their big guys. I'm going to be looking at him. Was that a make love in this club reference earlier? Sexually, mentally, physically, emotionally. I'll be liking medicine. You'll take every dose of me. That's right. It was. It certainly was. All right. Let's move on now. Hold on. Let me be shark. Splice that in. Splice that in. Yeah, not bad, actually. I can splice that. Sexually, mentally, physically, emotionally. I'll be liking medicine. You'll take every dose of me. Let's move on now to what I'm calling the Madison Square Garden revenge game from 2018. Duke, Texas Tech. Big game here. Who you got? Oh, man. I think I got Texas Tech in this one. This is going to be some contrasting styles for sure. Not that Duke is an overly fast team, but Texas Tech is another team, um, much like Houston, that, uh, you know, likes to slow it down. And, you know, they're the number one defensive team in the country. I know we've, you know, continued to say this all year. Number one team in the country defensively, and they have been for several years. Um I think Texas Tech's ability to defend is going to be greater than Duke's 
lack of depth, if that makes sense, right? So, like, if Duke starting five can't find answers to this defense, they can't really go find someone else off the bench um, to kickstart the offense. Um, Keels, maybe, but he's, you know, a couple of these, these Duke guys, I just still can't get behind. I understand that I've been saying that all year, and I understand I don't even have, like, ton of reasoning behind it but there's just something i still think that's missing from this duke team definitely rolling texas tech in this one just because of their defensive prowess and like i said in our original preview show if texas tech got past that first round where you know the the shock value could have got them i thought they were going to the final four so or have a chance to go to the final four so here we are uh i guess it's that time i i'm taking texas tech over duke I'm going Red Raiders as well. I'm, I I took them to the final four. This was the exact Sweet 16 matchup that I had predicted, and I think this is it for Coach K and how poetic it would be. I'm a big sucker for storylines. First-year head coach Mark Adams takes out the long-tenured Coach K at this juncture. I love Texas Tech for a multitude of reasons, but I think what's really pushing me over the edge at this point is Kevin O'Banner. O'Banner has been a monster on the glass for them. He's so solid down low. So is Santos Silva, uh, McCullers. I mean, these guys are just a great, tough, gritty college basketball team. And I think you saw flashes of it with Michigan State. Everyone's going to be up to play Duke. We saw that with Michigan State. Okay. But they didn't have the wherewithal to execute down the stretch. Texas Tech does that, okay? Texas Tech does that, and they've seen an ACC opponent already in Notre Dame dispatch them. This is a much better team in Duke. But what I'm going to be looking at is Kevin O'Banner down low. How can he handle himself against Mark Williams and the other bigs for Duke? I think he's going to do just just fine. By the way, this all like beef matchup between Santos Silva and potentially Theo John, those two should be on a football field, not a basketball court, but that's going to be funny to watch. Give me O'Banner. Give me Mark Adams. I think the Red Raiders will will move on here. So I have a question for you then. I know we haven't dove into this in any of the other picks, but this one is just uh, super spicy in my opinion. If it's Gonzaga, Texas Tech, who do you have going to the Final Four? Tech. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I picked that matchup too. Yeah, I know. Uh, I still have Gonzaga, but boy, what a – what an awesome game. Talk about, you know, we think about Duke and, and Texas Tech being c- contrasting styles. Texas Tech and Gonzaga, you can't get, like, much more contrasting than them. Um, Houston, Arizona is a, it would be an example of that. But I, I, I think I would I think I think would pick Tech in that game, given what we know now uh, as well. But continue on. Yeah, I'm absolutely going Tech. All right, last couple games here. Michigan-Villanova, which I'm calling – Simply put, the title game rematch. I feel like people have completely forgotten that in 2018, Nova won their second title at the expense of Michigan. Now, this was this was a, one of the more forgettable <laughs> title games because Nova just dominated from tip to finish. And I n- will never forget this. Uh, in, in months in advance, I had agreed to a reservation to do a little cooking class at Sur La Tabla. And that was during this game. So... Michigan, Villanova, the title game rematch. Who you got, T? I think Michigan's run stops here. Wow, the shark is back again. Just completely uh, I, hijacking the flow of the offense. I told you I'd be in and out. 
I, I didn't say that. I've had a day. All right. I've had a day. Did I just walk in right on the Michigan segment? Are you kidding me? You did actually. Your timing has been funny. Taylor's about to give us his pick. Why don't we hear it? Nova, go ahead, Shark. I, I can't shake these guys. <laughs> I mean, um, I hope Nova, but it's probably going to be Michigan. They're like the greatest team I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> but uh, I couldn't have walked in on the. Purdue St. Peter's game or something right now, but whatever. Yeah. Give me Michigan. Here, Sue, I have something for you here. Okay. Since we're talking about the names of these games, there's got to be, is there maybe a play on the Fab Five and the Big Five, Philadelphia Big Five? Something in there, maybe? No. Potentially. I'm trying to give names to all of these games. So actually, you would like the Purdue St. Peter's one that I, I dubbed that the uh, the Eric Murphy game. Okay. What other ones? I, we don't have to recap, but I'll listen to no, the yeah. show tomorrow. You guys are looking at me upset. I'm making things happen. I, I got like a no one's upset at you. I got like a strained neck. I can barely turn my head today. I can't drive. So when I turn when I'm driving, I have to move my whole body right now. I'm hyped up on icy hot, taking Advil up the wazoo, playing hurt left and right. Nobody's nobody's <clears throat> upset. We're we value your presence here. This is this is live, by the way. I mean, I know this is a podcast, so it's not live, but you, you should listen to the intro tomorrow or today. You should, you'll enjoy that. Were you slandering me? A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. But I was also feeling, feeling for you. I love how Shark shows up with a Quantico, his Quantico shirt on now as well. That's a, is that a, just a, it's kind of small, just threw a shirt subtle. On. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Just threw a shirt on. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go with Villanova in this game as well. Too much Colin Gillespie. Too much Jay Wright. It's about time Michigan turned back into a pumpkin. Second time I've made that reference, but I think it's a wrap for the Wolverines. Uh, Hunter Dickinson, though, versus Eric Dixon. Fuck, that's what I should have gone with. Dickinson, Dixon, Dixon. There was something there. Damn. Let me let me see if I can recalibrate and, and figure out another name for that, but I'm going to go with Nova here. Shark, this is the last game that we're going to be previewing. The Blue Blood game. Carolina, UCLA. We are going to have boots on the ground, and we're going to have eyes on them. We got UCLA. What do you you know at the end of my poem when I came in here? I gave you my picks at the end of that. You remember that, right? Well, yeah, but I mean, do you want to expand a little bit uh, and and offer some? Well, I don't know. Analysis. I heard your analysis of I'm picking Villanova because of Colin Gillespie and Jay Wright. So I'm figuring we're just doing the most basic analysis possible here. So yeah, I guess UCLA has won a million titles before, so I'm going to pick them over Villanova. No, UCLA is just better. Villanova, I don't. I haven't seen them really completely tested by someone outside of the big East and UCLA probably has the guy that's playing better than anyone else in the tournament right now. I'm not saying he's the best player, but Tiger Campbell is playing as good as anyone in the tournament. Jaquez, there's videos of him wobbling around. I think he's going to be good to go. Nick Cronin's on the record as saying he would have to be killed in order to not play. So I don't think he's going to be killed. And I think he's going to play Carolina. Um, you know, you watch that game against Baylor. They're stumbling to the finish line and then somehow, you know, hit miraculously pulled it off in the second half. Even if you go into that first half against Baylor, R.J. Davis was hitting a million shots for Carolina. I don't expect that to happen against a seasoned UCLA team. Um, so I'm going to roll with UCLA. They're on a mission to get back to the Final Four. 
all of that analysis went in one year and out the other. Let me tell you why. Because I need to address why I went surface level with Colin Gillespie. You're over here the other night pinging me saying, why don't we wrap this up in 10 minutes? Well, you know what? Sometimes other guys have a schedule as well. You come in, hijack the offense, and now I just got to say, look, let me get to the Villanova pick, get in and out so we can get to the Blue Blood game. All right? So why don't you take a seat there? I understand. This is how I know you're upset because I know you got you got your next drain. You're coming in hot. You're you're throwing out accusations. I mean, you're, you're a hurt puppy right now, but we're going to lift you up. You reference the poem. What do we do? We will rise, right? Can I tell you something? You dump? What? Yeah, can I tell you something? I'm yeah. really proud of you. Proud of you for the way you just defended yourself right there. I didn't expect that. I thought this was just going to be a typical encounter where I could just, you know, bulldoze someone. And then you came back and flipped it on me. All right. So that was great. Well, you're going to have four days of ball washing. You raised me up. Bachelor party. You raised me up. Can we splice it? Can we splice some grove in here? Sure. I can do that. Yeah. Splice me some grove. You raised me up so I can stand on my I'm so happy that I made fun of Shark wanting to splice songs in five minutes before he showed up because that couldn't have been a better uh, comment than that right there. Um, I'm going to go North Carolina in this game uh, because I am concerned about Jaime Hawkes and his ankle injury. If if they don't have Jaime Hawkes, then I'm... I, I don't want to say that they're lost because Tiger Campbell is, is obviously good. Johnny Juzang is, is obviously a stud. But Hawkes, I think, is their best player. And he is kind of the difference maker on that team. North Carolina is hot, despite the how they, you know, finished that game. But I will say there is a bit of me that was impressed by North Carolina's ability to pull it out in overtime. Because nine times out of ten, when that other team comes back and races to the finish line, the team that was up and then now tied almost always loses that game in overtime it seems and they were able to get it together and actually win it in overtime um i i re-watched that game last night and it's almost more shocking how it all turned out when you watch it back again considering everything that needed to happen uh for that to for that outcome to uh to come to fruition there let's call it but i'm gonna go with the upset in north carolina here um Duke fans not going to like my last couple picks here of picking against Duke and for North Carolina, but that's okay. Definitely going to be a fun game. I'm going to go with UCLA though. I've been riding them all year. I think they're super undervalued, especially as a four seed. I think they're the four seed that poses the biggest threat to getting to the final four, the lowest seed, I suppose that poses the biggest threat. And it's all about Hawkeyes. I know he's, he's, hurt i know he had a bad ankle but i saw a video of him walking to the bus earlier today now it's not exactly cutting in a d1 high level basketball game it's not jumping but he looked just fine and so i think he's gonna gut through it he's a he's a beast jaime Hawkins plays through a ton of injuries so i think he'll be just fine the question is johnny juzang okay it's always been the question the past few weeks juzang's last good game only good game i think in the last couple weeks has been against arizona in the pac-12 title game can he show up for the Bruins? I think he will. I think he regains some of that form from last year. And then watch out for Jules Bernard. Jules Bernard, I think, is this team's X factor. Tiger Campbell, people know him because of the hair and his decent play. People starting to now realize about Jaime Hawkins, who should be a household name at this point. People remember Juzang from last year. 
Nobody forget. Nobody remembers or takes account for Jules Bernard. I think he's going to be the difference maker in this Carolina game. I'm going to go Bruins on to the Elite Eight. All right. Those are the Sweet 16 matchups. A lot of great, great games. I cannot wait to see uh, Purdue and St. Peter's and also UNC and, uh, and UCLA. Cool. All right. Let's now go ahead and get to some bets. The Shark did give us his bets, but I want to get Taylor's here in. Please, sir. I want some more. Please, sir. I want some more. What? 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 Some more? So, last time we were here, last time the guys placed bets, Taylor went two and one. Shark went one and two. So, I don't know if I have, no, I definitely don't have the updated standings. So, I'm up one. Yes, I'm, I'm trying to look at the exact records right now, though. So if you went two and one, that would place you at 21 and 15. Shark going one and two would place him at 20 and 16. Okay, Taylor, who are your bets? So here's the disadvantage of what Shark uh, did here today in coming in early, firing a shot, and then leaving, right? It gave me opportunity to think to myself, okay, I am up one right now. And how do I feel about these games? Yeah, right? you're a cheater. That's what I'm, you're thinking in your head right now. How can I play defense and cheat to, to your advantage? That's what you're doing. Well, if you listen to this episode before and after you popped in for the first time, right, you'll hear that I really like Miami minus two and a half. So I'm with you on that. And then uh, I also like Arizona because they're literally just a one point favorite and I have them winning the national championship. So obviously I have them. Uh, going there. Uh, the one that we do differ in is I'm going to take Villanova uh, minus five over Michigan. A recap yours there, Shark? Yeah, I gave out Arizona. I think it's one and a half. I may have said pick them in my, after my Angelou poem. Um, I'm giving out Miami two and a half against Iowa State. And then the last one is UCLA minus two against North Carolina. Lovely stuff. When is the when is the tiebreaker? I guess, I suppose it's not a tiebreaker, but when are we officially ending this? You guys have to come to that conclusion. I mean, this is probably it because there's only going to be three games the next time we reconvene left. There's going to be the Final Four and there's going to be... So can we get on air both agreement? This is the project manager and me coming out. I need buy-in from both of my stakeholders that this is it. I, I think that we can fairly put an asterisk next to this whole competition because he just admitted to listening to my picks and changing his opinion. Much like if you I guys didn't recall, change, I didn't change my opinion. I'm just on the bracket opinion. show. We did the same thing. You know, we gave out picks first. It was me. All right. So then who knows how many of those he followed, by the way, out of the bracket challenge that we're all in right now, I'm the only schmuck still in it. You two losers are still in last place. So okay. I can't be actually, in last place. Hang no, this I'm actually, br- this brings up a great question. Okay how bracket challenges are graded halfway through don't are, are is worthless okay i'm just because, looking at data that's in front of me right now because right. yeah yeah there's also 10 people ahead of me whose champion is already out so obviously they're not going to win the thing the only way to judge it is the possible points remaining not the points that you've scored thus far mm. yeah but again you your whole bracket was predicated off tailing my picks that I did on the show. You essentially waited for me to pick TCU in the first round. You're like, Oh God, the shark just picked TCU. I had Seton Hall cause I'm an idiot. I'm going to switch to TCU and just follow that analysis. I mean, you have the whole episode of the Jerome when I, when I cleaned you guys out on the drum, what more do I have to do? 
The only reason this pick them challenge is even close right now between you and I is because we were picking games early in November and December, and I was being reckless doing blind lines on a Saturday. All right. I mean, that's no way to live. And I built a hole for myself. And then I fell into my routine. I was on that inside rail like Johnny Velasquez on a Pletcher horse. I was getting there. I, I was riding. And then, you know, I had a couple one and two weeks. But really, if you looked at me at the the right times to look at me. You're full of piss and vinegar, man. You're full you of piss and vinegar. You literally went one and two last week in the biggest week of the year for our betting purposes. I was traveling. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, okay. So also, it's I just two, want to point two, out two weeks ago too. that I went like first like 13 consecutive weeks last year by the way, which we talked about. But anyway, no, those were my picks anyway. I'm just giving you shit. Um, I at, love love that Miami line. I love the Arizona line. Obviously, the Arizona one, What did you not think I was going to pick Arizona? I mean, I, what? oh, yeah, I was going to take Houston until a fucking shark came in here and tell, convinced me to take my national champion by one point. Yeah, but whatever. Here, let's get back to our original point of discussion here. So do we want to end it at this week? Because the maximum... That some that I could be up is two. No, we'll end it next week because I I can't win at this point because you just <laughs> you just did the you just did the what's the uh, what's the I can't think of the term but like you put me in a box I got no move you got so, put in a corner checkmate yeah your baby yeah baby has been put yeah. in a corner Chinese riddle is yeah. that no Chinese box or something like that it's I think it's something Chinese like finger trap yeah it could be that. We've gone off the rails. There I'm so no sorry that feeling. I put you, in, put you in a Chinese finger trap right before your bachelor party. My bad, man. Speaking of that, there's no better feeling than slapping that out of office on. Shark, you got that going. Are you out? Are we all all I in on it. the bachelor party? You got anything? You got I gotta put, I'm putting it up tomorrow morning. I'll have it up tomorrow morning. Like I said, I'm still dealing with the neck right now. The neck was a setback this week. Um, but, yeah, that, that'll go up tomorrow morning. And then it's just it, – Plowing away from there. What do we say about about injuries? Got to play say? hurt. We got to play hurt. And we Don't also got to we also got to play turn. Remember that too. Not bad. We'll catch you next time here on Theater and College Hoops.